This is episode 133. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Need a show about outdoor living? This is where it's at. With your host, Shane Chapman and Wayla Red. Thank you for tuning in. Now let the show begin. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Let's go. Let's go, Bryce. I feel like it froze. You feel like what froze? Our opening. <laughs> oh, it's working there. Maybe on IG it did, but we're yeah, it did. Sounding damn good on the audio side of things. So on this hot so day, good. we're God. feeling cool. It's so hot out right now these last couple of days. It's supposed to be like this for a couple more, I think, and then then it gets normal again. But right now, Man. 35, 36 above, which is like a hundred. Is that what that is? It's pretty close, like high nineties, I think. Ugh. And so it's and it's not like. Ugh. We usually get quite a bit of wind here because we have no hills. So it would have been a good day to do temperature testing on It would have boards. been an amazing <laughs> day, too. I thought that last week, too. I was like, boy, I don't know if I feel like doing that again. We just did it last summer. summer but I think we should do it again. Yeah, maybe. Um, but anyways, it's a scorch out there, and it's calm. That's the weird thing. There's no breeze. You usually get a bit of a breeze, but right now it's just like dead, hot, humid yep. heat. Yep. And so uh, it's good. It's good, but it's like it's hard on the guys out there and the gals. Like doing deliveries and carrying yeah, boards to the backyard. Slurpees yesterday. Yeah, we brought in slurpees yesterday to cool everybody off. Today we we loaded up with water, ice, Gatorades, and what's your favorite flavor of Gatorade? Truck. Um, and are you a Gatorade or a Powerade guy? I don't care between the two. I'm not. You don't care? No, I don't care. What? I've never done a taste test between the two to know if I prefer one over the other. Like Gator- Gatorade the, is saltier. The time between <laughs> having one, like I'll have a ga- I had a Gatorade today because there was Gatorades here. The next time I will have a sports drink like that will be seven months from now. Mm. So I will not remember. And if it's Powerade, I won't be like, oh, that Gatorade I had seven months ago was way better. Way better. But you clearly have a preference. I generally prefer Powerade. Because it's sweeter. Because it's a little sweeter. It is sweeter? The so blue, then my answer the is also Powerade. Powerade. The blue Powerade is much better. Without knowing, I can tell you that I'd prefer it to be a little bit sweeter. And... Except for when I get hungover. I then, then you need the I salt. I then prefer, prefer Gatorade G2. Oh, yeah. The orange and the purple. Why the G2? Because no calories. Uh, that's probably. I'd, <laughs> healthier for the waistline. Maybe. <laughs> Did enough damage to the, to, the, to the spare tire last night with all the beers. It's just easier to throw up, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were just talking about swimming pools on days like this. Oh, yeah, swimming. And you were saying that there's a, you like we were debating whether indoor swimming pools are better than outdoor swimming pools. At your house, we're talking. At your house. Not like, not commercial. Like If you live in Saskatchewan, an indoor swimming pool is much better inside your house. It's wiser for sure, because then you can use it 12 months a year instead of four to five months a year. You just um, need a retractable roof. That's the perfect solution. Kind of like the stadium that we were supposed to have a retractable right? roof on. Because you know what? In the middle of summer... I don't want to go swimming indoors mm. at all. No. Like I would almost rather have the outdoor pool because I would want that so much more in the summer that I'd be willing to forego swimming in the winter completely. So, okay, this is going to be a weird question. Would you put a swimming pool next to a, like a lake? Like if would you were, I personally? yeah, if you had a cabin, would yes, you put yes, a swimming I would. pool? Why not? Like is money no barrier here? Money's no barrier. Then yes. But but you're never going to use it. Oh, I would lake. use it. No, no, no. I would use it. You seen the freaking lakes around yeah. here? <laughs> okay. When I was in Mexico for my wedding, there was a swimming pool next to the ocean. And we pretty much exclusively used the swimming pool. I was going to say all the resorts in Mexico and all these places have swimming pools and right beside the ocean. And if like, they could have put a bar in the ocean, I probably would have swam out there yeah, for fair that. fair enough. But I mean, if I would just like, if I wanted to go for a quick dip, I'd rather do that in the pool. Then in the it's lake. full of chemicals. I yeah, gotcha. It's clean. <laughs> I, I call that clean. You call, you call it full you of chemicals. You call that clean? Sure. Right. But no, like if I, like I would love to go in the lake if I'm going to take the boat out or okay. the sea do. Yes. Yes. Or take the kids down to the beach. Yeah. Then yeah, I'm all about it. You but mean, if I just want to go mean for the a, large, me, large, medium sized rocks in Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the beach. But if I want to play some volleyball in the water i'm doing that in the pool Mm. Mm -hmm. if i just need a quick cool off and you can see your feet and i can see my feet (laughs) yeah like so yeah there's nothing wrong with both that's fair i would do that too good but i like glad we're on the same page yeah 
But I think I would prefer an outdoor pool if it was at my house. Because I would rather have, I would rather use the crap out of it for four or five months when it's hot. Oh, so if you were like, if they were like, hey, you can have an outdoor pool or no pool. No, no, no. What? Outdoor pool or no pool. What am I saying? I don't know, but I would take (laughs) pool in any capacity over no pool. (laughs) Okay. But I'm saying between indoor and outdoor at your house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would prefer to have four months of beautiful weather in a pool outdoors than 12 months of pool indoors. Oh, all right. All indoor. I'd rather not go swimming all winter so I could have amazing times out in the summer sun. Hmm. You know what? I think I would challenge you on that. I think I would get an all indoor pool. Whatever you want. Now, think about it. Here's what we talked about. If you could open something, if you could open like, just open the door. If it was like a solarium thing that had like lots of natural light came in and you could open up the side doors and you get a breeze inside and it felt like an outdoor pool, then yes, I would do the indoor pool that feels like an outdoor pool. Okay. But not outdoors. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. (laughs) Like, what? Do you swim in the rain? Did you put together anything today for moment of uselessness? I, no. I thought about it real quickly. Well, that's good. What's your favorite preserve? Do you like preserves? <laughs> like, what, what are we all including in the preserve category here? Are we talking about, like, just flavors of jams and jellies? Or are you talking, like, like anything that gets in a can that lasts can. a long time? Anything you can. Anything Any, you can. Anything you can can. Anything you can. Does a pickle count? A pickle's a preserve. Well, I think I would. Ha- I, I like pickles. You're a pickle guy. Yeah. Is what kind of pickle? Cucumber. Oh, pickle? no, dill. Just like straight up dill. What pickle? do you mean cucumber pickle? They're all cucumber. No, they're not. What are you talking about? What about a carrot pickle? That's not a pickle. Or a bean. That's pickle. a pickled carrot. Oh, okay. <laughs> a pickle by itself is a cucumber pickled. A carrot pickled is a pickled carrot. Okay, yeah. Because pickled eggs. I love pickled oh, eggs. Oh, pickled eggs. Do you like pickled eggs? I love pickled. Pickled eggs, eggs are very controversial. People either love them or hate them. I don't know how you could hate and them. And what is wrong with you to hate a pickled egg? I don't know. Have you had Nanjo's pickled eggs? No. What is that? They're like a local pickled egg producer in Saskatchewan. No. You can get them at, what's that? What's that other place? Any golf no, course that food. Oh, fuck. What's it called? Real Sorry. Canadian Wholesale. No, not that one. What's that one up in the, uh, God, I'm losing it. You're killing it. East End. <laughs> There's a grocery store in the East End? Is that? Way far. East. Costco? No, not that one. <laughs> I lost store. it. I lost it, man. Superstore. No, the other one. Save on Foods. Save on Foods. There you go. I don't even know where that is. You don't even know where that is? Nope. Well, there's one on Albert Street. Okay. Go there. Oh, I know where that one is. Nanjo's Pickle Eggs. Nanjo's Pickle Eggs. You're telling me that's the beast. They come in spicy. They come in dill. Oh, no they come way. in honey mustard. <gasps> what? Dill. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was different flavors. And they do sausage, too. Oh, my goodness. Pickle, do you like pickled, pickled sausage? I don't know. Oh. You're missing out. Okay, hold on here. Is pickled sausage like the little tiny freaking wieners that are no. in like the can? Those are freaking disgusting. Cocktail weenies? Cocktail weenies. <laughs> out. I'm out. Now, I'm also- Vienna sausages? I'm also convinced that the only cocktail weenie I've ever had was bad. Mm. Because I believe it was my like dad, and turned? I believe we were camping. <laughs> like it turned. <laughs> like it was, it was like it was an evil yeah. sausage? So I'm convinced that- like my dad, we were camping and he brings out these Deep freaking cocktail people. weenies. He's like, you want one? I was like, uh, yeah, I do. It's a hot dog. Who <laughs> doesn't dog want a hot dog? Camping. I tried it and I was like, nope. There is no way that anybody actually likes that. That is bad. That was in the camper from last year. Mm. So okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I also felt that way about a Kalamata olive. Oh yeah, those are good. The first time I had one of those, I was like, oh, that's bad. That one's bad. I, the one I had was bad. They're like, no, it's, no, it's, it's not bad. It's not it's bad. You, it you like it. I was like, no, nobody could like that. <laughs> There's no way. Like, it has to be bad. Right. If people like those normally, then that one was bad. Right. Because that's not something anybody would like. But pickled eggs. Freaking delicious. What about fish? Pickled eggs give me the hiccups. Do they? Am I the only one that pickled eggs give the hiccups to? I think so. Is that weird? Uh, that's a weird thing. Guarantee, like, if if we go get pickled eggs and bring them, I will hiccup after eating pickled oh, egg. Pickled egg. Explain that. I don't know. Maybe you're inhaling them too quickly. It doesn't even take long. I've tried <laughs> to like, slow. Oh. I've tried to slow play these things. No. And like take her easy. <laughs> and it's like, oh, maybe no, didn't, <laughs> didn't work. Like I don't know what it is. How does eating a pickled egg cause your diaphragm to spasm? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Does anybody else out there in the world? I want to hear. I want to get a message. 
So many better messages if they also get hiccups. This is something I've wondered forever, Bryce, my whole life, if I'm the only one, but I've never thought to ask, and now I have a platform to ask. Are you the only one who gets hiccups? Am I the only one that gets hiccups wow. after they eat pickled eggs? The answer is probably no. Because if I am the only one... That's impressive. I'm not the only one at anything. No. No. Who is? Who would There's have gotta some, be someone Who would there? have something that they're the only one? Could you imagine? That would be your shirt. Eight billion people. <laughs> and you get hiccups. Because you can talk about Usain Bolt is the only one that can run. For now, he's the only one. Because he wasn't right. the only... He was, before him was Donovan Bailey... Yeah. Was there somebody in between? Yeah. Wasn't there an American guy too? That beat Donovan Bailey in the 100? Yeah. I don't know. Michael Johnson? Sure. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, you're right, actually. But they raced together in Skydome that one time, and then Michael... Is it, was it Michael Johnson? I feel like his name is Michael Johnson. I think you're right. It was pulled, normal pulled up name. with a fake quad, quad pull because he was getting his ass handed to him by Donovan Bailey in the 150 meter. That guy by was full can, of excuses. By a Canadian. What a wiener. Right. What a, what a cocktail wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring that one back home. That's right. Uh, so, anyways, I hope that I hope I get a message, or, about, or don't, because if I don't get a message, I'm going to be convinced that I'm the only guy in the world that can claim he gets hiccups guaranteed after pickled eggs. What about deep fried pickles? Uh, they're they're okay. Do you like, okay? Yeah, I'm not in love You're with not them. In love with them, but they're good. You? I like them. I always find that they're too hot, though. Yeah, they, like, they come up, like, like you say, take like, a bite and you're like ah, and you burn your whole mouth. Yeah, which is fun, right? <laughs> which is like when real, is that fun? Real good time. <laughs> To burn your face with that was my moment of boiling pickle by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, we did well because that was <laughs> that was a bunch of garbage. Um, oh, look, the uh, extreme how to has joined our podcast. This is a super like small audience today. We mess this up by moving it to Friday and not telling anybody. It's not. okay. So, first of all, do people sorry, think not, this is Friday? Not Friday. Sorry, we moved it a whole week, not a day. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, oh, they're done now. We finally, skipped, <laughs> we skipped last week, never told anybody anything because it ended up that like. Wade's always gone now. You were gone. Yeah. I was here and I was like, I don't, I don't have time for this shit by myself. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't do it. So we, we waited. Um, and now it's, it seemingly has affected our Instagram audience. We've destroyed We've our Instagram audience. gone from like audience. 12 or 15 people we normally have to four. Yeah. Not even the regulars are here. Have a good, yeah. Even the regulars Make, gave up on us. Mikon disappeared. What about you software carpentry in uh, Instagram world? Deep fried pickles. Are you a big fan or, or something or what? Where's that comment coming from? What about deep fried pickles? He says, what do, do you, what do you prefer? A raw dog hot raw, <laughs> raw dog, dog dill pickle? pickle or a deep fried? If I, you had the choice. I prefer a raw dog. Does it depend on whether it's supper or dinner? Uh, no. Pickles all the time. Actually, I found this new pro pickle product out there. New pickle product. It's about two bucks and you get a bag of already sliced pickles. What? Pickle chips. They're pickle chips. What do you mean you just found out about this? Well, like, they weren't really... All of the like, and what do you mean bag? Bag, like it's like a little bag. It's like this. They don't come in a goddamn bag, brace. Yeah, you can get pickles in a bag <laughs> now. It's like two bucks, and it's like a whole pickle sliced up. And I was like, this is really expensive for a pickle. It's one pickle sliced up. Yeah, it's a big pickle. Get out of here. And I was like, this is expensive. And then I had one. I'm like, these are the best pickles I've ever eaten. <laughs> what is going on? So these are snackable size packaged pickles. That's right. Uh, they come in different flavors. Yeah, they have a hot. And they have a dill right now. And this is not like this is not like buying a jar of pickles. This is like you would buy this little baggie for a snack to go along. Like they're yeah, selling them lunch. like school lunches or something. Yeah. Little flavored pickles. Yeah. They're not little pickles. They're regular pickles sliced up. Good size pickles. It's a good size pickle. Wow. Okay. I didn't know. Was this a safe on foods too? No, this is a Safeway. God, I got some traveling to do. Yeah. You got to go to Safeway, man. You got to go to a pickle bender. This pickle weekend, bender. TC Dex here. See? Ordering he, all sorts of pickles. It's like he heard. That we were like, hey. Right. So anyway, I, uh, yeah, I'm a big pickle fan. So you know what I, I remember too? Speaking of pickles. You're a big pickle fan? I'm a big. <laughs> do, you, do you prefer you big or little big pickles? big pickle fan or are you a big pickle fan? Uh, but I do like bigger pickles. <laughs> you like, so like you're not the type of person that likes the baby dills. Well, they're fine. Little. They're fine. But I want, I want like a good medium. I want one that can like, that I can fit in my mouth and, and like. I take a take a good crack on right. Like I don't like if they get too big, then, it's, it's then they're kind of woody. It's, it's hard to buy. Get <laughs> kind of woody. <laughs> you want them like, but I also don't want like a single bite pickle. I don't want to deep throw that thing in one shot. Why not? Then you have another. 
you could, like, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to a small pickle. But you know, what the, you know what I don't like about small pickles, though? What? You can't slice them up real easy to put on your burger. Oh, yeah. Because small pickles generally are very curved. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They got that downward curve, and it just doesn't work out. And when you try to slice those things, you can't get uniform slices out of a baby pickle. Well, because you have to slice it lengthwise to get any, like enough pickle on your sandwich, right? Or right. your, your burger, yeah. right? Here, here's I a, feel you. Here's the thing. I don't I don't even like like the ends of the pickle slices. I don't like the the last one that still what? has the skin on the outside. I don't mind it, but I don't like that they're not like the same thickness as the other ones because the pickles aren't perfectly cylindrical. Mm-hmm. Um so when you end up cutting your slices out of the middle of it, they're all like there is they're they're pretty consistent. Has anyone ever asked you if you had ADD or no, Something why? like that. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you ask? I don't know. But so here, maybe here's my problem. When I when I cut a pickle here. Okay. This is going to get weird. People are going to be like, what's wrong with you? Just cut the pickle different. Just cut the pickle. When you get baby pickles and they're all curved up, like they got a curl to them. Right. What you should do is like hold it so that the curve is like, so that the cupping to make this relevant to decking. So okay. the cupping, cupsing, the cupping is up or down, whatever. But not, don't lay it on its side. Oh. What I find myself doing is laying it on its side. It's easier to cut. Trying to hold straight and then like cut the, cut it straight, cut the curve into it. Mm. You know, and then that results in it, the Injuries. end piece ends up being like fat on the ends and then skinny in the middle and then fat on the end again. That's oh. what I don't like. When I'm going to oh, okay. put a pickle on my burger, I want every bite to be as consistently good as the last one. They have a tool for this, you know. I just want you to know. What? <laughs> it's called a mandolin. Oh, yeah. No, that's cheating. No, it's not. Why that's is that cheating? Do you still use a screwdriver? For some things, do not you, pickling. Do you, still use, do you still use a regular I've, saw to cut straight lines? I've got a mandolin, okay? <laughs> I always take a chunk of knuckle out every time I use it. <laughs> It's because you're not using the guard. No, I don't use the guard. <laughs> who uses the guard? You want to speak of saws, you don't use the guard and the saws either. I'm the guy who took the guard off. I saw the trick for that. For what? You, to to not use the guard. You use a, a fork with a little, little piece of garlic on it. With a little piece of garlic on yeah, it? Yeah, so you can like get your hand down there. What? I don't what know. What are you talking Anyways, about? Anyways. We so then you smash your fork into the blade of the mandolin, and yeah. then it's game over. You need a new mandolin blade. Are you okay? So you you prioritize the mandolin blade over your flesh. <laughs> yeah, because if I don't want you don't buy replacement mandolin blades, you buy a new mandolin for five dollars. Right? Yeah, they're fifteen bucks. I thought, <laughs> but like the replacement blades gonna be not worth it. You might just get a no, whole new you're mandolin. Right. I agree. I but agree. like my knuckle skin grows back. It does. Like who's being smarter about this? <laughs> and nobody knows that they're having a little. Like a little Shane chip in there. <laughs> There's a in little there. piece of Shane in every burger. Yeah, you're going to get extra protein in one of these bites. Exactly. So, whatever. That doesn't make you a cannibal. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Where were we going? Wood. 18 minutes. That disappeared. Wood. We're going to talk about wood today. Let's talk about wood. Okay, Let, let's so, let's try and preserve this podcast continuity. Having fun with this pickle thing, though. <laughs> so the um, oh, I have a question to ask you before we get into serious stuff. There's a collective groan in the podcast world right now, like, oh, for Christ, <laughs> they were just get <laughs> to it, right? Do you do you do change you? your underwear every day, even if you don't shower that day? Yes. So if you're waking up, you're like, don't need to shower today. Change your underwear. Slept in, you put on clean underwear yesterday, showered yesterday. You sleep, you get up, you're like changing my underwear even though I'm not showering. Yes. Religiously, every single day. Yes. This is interesting. Do you not? I usually wouldn't. No. Why? Because they're not dirty yet until you take them off or you shower. Oh yeah. You think they're not dirty. No, that's the rule. No. This, this is the question that came off another podcast from Nick D. We were talking about it. Oh, Nick, Nick D. D. They were asking this question. And the one the same thing happened. One guy was like, uh, yeah. Yeah, you have to. And Nick D was like, uh, no. Like, uh. Now, that said, if I shower and put on a pair of clean underwear and I wear them for like whatever, it doesn't matter what the time frame is, four hours, and then I have to shower again for some reason, that pair ain't going back on. Why? 
Because they're dirty. Why are they dirty all of a sudden? Going for a shower makes your underwear dirty. No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) That's how it works in my head. Do you just always shower when you're dirty? Is that the like correlation that your brain's making? Do I only shower when I'm dirty? Yeah. No, but some days, some like I'll shower. Some days I don't have a shower. Like some days I'll get up and be like, "Fuck!" I'll go. I'll go. I just have bombed hard there. I don't need to do that. We're twenty minutes in. I I uh, (laughs) sometimes I'll be like, I don't I don't give a shit today. I don't I don't need to shower today. I'm gonna get like when I was building and working, I showered every night when I got home. You have because you were dirty. Yeah. But in this job, I stay pretty clean. So I sometimes will skip a shower in the morning and be like, I don't feel like it today. Mm-hmm. I, of course, will change my clothes, but I, yeah. So now socks, you got to change the socks. Why? What changes the, how come your socks are dirtier than your underwear? <laughs> yeah, you ask, I'm you tell me. so curious tell about me. that. How are, <laughs> how is your underwear not dirty? I'm just going to like, you, if you're in your underwear for <laughs> clean as a whistle, hours, Bryce. <laughs> your underwear is dirty. I'm re- I'm religious about about cutting your pickles, but you can't change your goddamn underwear. Yeah, no, I'm religious <laughs> about about cleanliness in that area. I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have an opinion on this? What makes you? What evidence do you have to suggest otherwise? Do you do you pee? Yeah, not in my damn underwear. Do you do you dab? With a little bit of toilet paper? Have. You have, but, but no, you not religiously. Don't. No, but I shake it so hard it's all over <laughs> the walls. <laughs> straight everywhere, Bryce. Listen, there might be a lot of dirty things after I take a piss, but my underwear is not one of them. <laughs> I don't drink enough water or fluids to actually pee in a day normally. Okay, okay. Do you do you ever sweat? Yeah, a little bit on my face. Why just your face? Why don't you like wearing a mask? Let's put it that way. Why don't I like wearing a mask? Yeah. I love wearing Give me a mask. The, that's a lie. I, I, I hate wearing masks. I, yeah, I don't like wearing them for extended periods of time. But yeah, because your face gets all moist. Everybody, yeah. Just like the things in your underwear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't talk out of my... <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> yeah. You might talk out of your ass. Yeah, I might. So okay, fine, fine. I'll start changing Shoot my underwear, underwear every, man. every morning. Like if I, and s- like sometimes I would, but I, but more often than not, if I'm waking up in underwear I just put on yesterday and I'm not having a shower that morning, I'm just like I'm wearing the same underwear. So I don't shower, like, I, like probably I usually go like three days. Oh, see, you're the dirty bitch. Yeah, I change my freaking underwear. <laughs> yeah, but changing your underwear doesn't clean your ass. You don't. Like, but I'm a cleanly guy now. I work in an office. This is true. It's the same reason you don't change your underwear. Well, God, this is <laughs> so conflicting right now. I'm not sure what the right answer is here. Everybody listening is like, uh, how about you change your underwear as often as Bryce does and shower as often as Shane does? <laughs> right, and that's exactly. the perfect man. You guys got it. <laughs> I, I've gone three days. Yeah. Not having a shower. I've gone seven. But it's not often I go more than two. Oh, really? I try to, I try to shower every day, but sometimes I just like, I just like, no. No, no, I'm not doing it. Not making me shower. Right, you take a page out of your kids' books. Yeah, so you're like, uh, not doing it. You can't make me shower. Exactly. Are we we actually going to talk about decks today? Let's not. Let's just talk more nonsense like this. Like sometimes you just have to have a fun one. Okay. Right. We used to call those Mad Libs. People freaking hated them. Mad Libs are terrible. This is more more entertaining. This is pure useless. Let's get through the topics we can say that we did. Okay. So we don't piss off. Like there's like three people that don't care about the actual content. Mike from Simcoe. And he's not even on. Oh, Mick on Dex joined. Mike from Simcoe doesn't tune it anymore. I feel like I'm buffering a lot. Yeah. So they can hear us. Today we're talking about um, how to make your framing last longer. And Uh, how to preserve that wood. A few tips and tricks and products that can help you make it last longer. Because, and why are we talking about this, Bryce? We're talking about because. Because you get all those emails in your inbox and your spam. Listen, Shane, don't ask me questions if you're going to answer it without giving me a chance. (laughs) We're talking about it for a few reasons. One, there's this big chat out there all the time about like, ah, oh, treated lumber doesn't last like it used to. Okay, yep, so let's talk about that. how to make it last longer then. There's also the chat no, he doesn't say that. of like, oh, the composite that goes on top is guaranteed to last 25 or 40 or 50 years and the stuff that goes underneath will never last that long. Okay, well, don't just throw in the towel and be like, oh, it is what it is. I guess it'll rot out in 12 years. <laughs> it is what it is. 
do something to help make it last a little bit longer then. So what can you do? Oh, God, do we have some points. What can you do to make your wood stay good? That's <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so the first one, Brace, this is not, we're not going to go in the order that I wrote this down on. Okay. The first one I'm going to say, because this is also the most controversial one, some people would be like, uh, it doesn't make any sense, but oh. I needed a six point. And so I, so you I made, made this, one I up. Made, I made some <laughs> up. Um, so my first point is to overbuild the deck. Right. And the reasoning behind doing this is like, when you look at the, for example, let's use local numbers, the city of Regina's website will let you, not website, the city of Regina's uh, deck permit application will let you span a two by six joist nine feet. Is that a lot? Yeah, it's a lot. For a two by six? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. It's a long ways. And I don't suggest it. What I'm saying is, if you overbuild your deck, you're going to stress the lumber out less. Mm. It's not going to bounce around as much. It's not going to move gotcha. as much. It's going to like it's it's sturdier and stiffer and stronger frame. Therefore, stiffer. it's going to have less wear like against it. This is it, this is debatable. I'm making this shit up as I go. <laughs> it sounded good, right? I was I was I was leaning in. But in theory, if you build so okay, so we're going to build a deck, a nine foot deck with two by six. That's going to be super bouncy. Yeah, and a smaller dimension of lumber that's a little bit less stable. Uh, I, I believe that after 20 years, that deck's going to be in rougher shape than if you would have built it out of two by 10. That's going to not bounce around spanning 10 feet. And it's going to be more stiff, more solid, more everything. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be, that deck's going to be in better shape. Now is, is using the smaller lumber going to make it rot out and fall fast? No, no, no. But it'll probably tax the fasteners a little bit more maybe because things are moving around more and whatever else. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, this is a stretch. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. See what I'm saying, though? There's less, like, gaps. Like, how do you break something that doesn't break easy? You wiggle it back and forth. Right. Now imagine your whole deck was wiggling back and forth all the time. Yeah. Stresses it out, and slowly over time... Right? Gets, like... Stress your fasteners. Gets, like... Gaps get bigger. Water can just, like, seep into spots. Right. I understand. Now, another one is the option of using ground contact framing. So, there's, like, treated lumber is not just treated lumber. There's different types of treated lumber. Whoa. There's... There's not just green. Mind blown. And brown. No, no, no. No, no. There's, what else no, no, is no, no, there? No. And why would, they have like different purposes? Yeah, I mean, there's, so, when people call it pressure-treated lumber, pressure treatment is the is the, the process of how the treatment gets uh, into, the, gotcha. into the lumber. But the chemical that's used has changed over the years a lot. And even in current, today's market, there's different types of chemicals that are used. Like we carry Taga Select Lumber, Tanatone Lumber, which is a, a copper azole. It's a CA treatment. But there's also like there's other types of lumber that are going to be out there, like MCA is a micronized copper azole, and that'll be like your uh, Micropro Sienna is uses Whoa. that. And then there's there's ACQ lumber and there's PWF lumber and there's all sorts of stuff. Well, if you want your framing to last longer against rot or something, you can use ground contact um, rated framing. That means there is more treatment in it uh, okay or could be a different more effective type of treatment but stuff that's rated to be in the ground has a has more preservative in it or will will stand up longer against rot mm -hmm. from moisture than non-ground contact stuff would be and often the ground contact stuff is perforated or incised you want to call it um with little like little little slits in it that allows the the treatment chemical to be pushed further into the board Oh. So when you cut it, it actually gets in deeper. I gotcha. So it's a deeper layer of treatment. So if you wanted to, you could use ground, ground contact framing. I believe some places and even some, um, we're going we're gonna to hopefully have somebody on here that can clear this up. But I believe in some cases, they actually call for ground contact framing on all outdoor decks now. Wow. So. That would be pretty crazy, actually. I, right? and this Is it I, more expensive? It, yeah. It would, yeah it, no, I don't think it would be significantly more expensive. No, but there would be a price difference for sure. Yep. So now this is only going to help you if you're in an area that where the lumber stays wet all the time. If the lumber stays dry all the time, you don't have to worry about the treatment too much. Mm. Like if it's treated great, um, not if it's treated, it should be treated, but you may not need that extra protection of the ground contact framing. If this is in Phoenix, for example, in the desert, but if it's in Washington, maybe. Right. right? Uh, so there's that. Now, the other thing is, that I just mentioned, keep it dry. So if you build, dry. as you're building your deck, if you build with the mindset of of 
like paying attention to airflow and drainage, mm. then your deck is going to last longer. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Because the worst enemy to the framing underneath your deck is moisture. If, if you create moisture traps where water can get into and not dry out, it will rot faster. That makes sense. So if you build things in a way that allows for airflow, so there's a gap underneath the deck, that's a good thing, allowing airflow. Some people skirt the bottom of the deck in and they use solid material like sheeting. And it's like, well, that's not the best idea because rain can easily get through the, the gap in the boards in the deck, make it a very damp environment underneath mm-hmm. where the soil absorbs all the stuff and then doesn't dry out because you have no airflow underneath there. That creates an environment where that wood underneath the deck stays humid and doesn't dry out fast when it gets wet. Right. That's going to be a problem. So keep some airflow in mind. Other types of blocking you might need to pay attention to. So, you know, flat blocking has become very uh, common because people like, it's just, like it's easier. Let's, let's be honest, flat blocking is, is often less work. Oh, okay. So you flat block things, but flat blocking allows a spot for water to get in, sit on top, get trapped between the deck board and the flat blocking and mm, sit there and rot moisture, longer. Yeah. If you do more ladder style blocking, that allows a lot more airflow, allows a lot more water to pass through the deck, et cetera. So flat blocking from the perspective of drainage and airflow is a better way to block things than flat blocking. Okay. And we'll get to what you can do for flat blocking in a minute here. The other thing is the treated lumber is only ever skin deep. Kind of like your emotions. My emotions are just skin deep? Your emotions are skin deep. That's not what my therapist told me. <laughs> <laughs> the treatment pro- like the treatment process is they throw these boards into a vat of chemicals and they just soak up some chemicals. Right. Um, it doesn't soak it into the core. It's not in there for a month. Right? Oh, so right. Like it's just like a quick dip. Well, it's a little skinny dip. A little whoop, in and out. In and out. And so the treatment doesn't go very deep into the board. If you cut a pressure-treated board in half and look at the core of the board, you'll notice that it's got this thin little layer of brown or green treatment around the outside, Mm. and the core of the board looks like bare pine or spruce or fir or whatever it is. And so when you cut that, you're exposing this untreated core that no longer has any of the benefits that the treated component or portion of that board has. So now that core of the board can absorb moisture and be affected by it more. It can be a source for mold or insect Mm -hmm. um, activity. Activity. Um, so framing companies, or sorry, lumber com- pressure tree lumber companies want you to treat those ends with an end cut treatment. And it's, it's l- the same stuff? It, same or similar, like performs the same function. It may not be the exact chemical. Oh, okay. In some cases it may be. But either way, it's something that'll help kind of seal up the ends of that wood and kind of treat the bare un- untreated white wood. Because often where you're cutting to is end grain, which actually pulls moisture into the board more than just like the side of the board would. Oh, okay. So when you cut a board, take your end grain treatment, dip it in or brush it on or spray it on or whatever you got to do. Soak it up. Seal up those ends. Some people will just use like a penetrating oil, like a Q-Tech or something as end cut treatment. And that works? Yeah, it can work. It repels water, right? Oh, okay. Now, it depends on what you're using for penetrating oil. If you use something that's like a linseed-based oil or a vegetable-based oil, uh that could be a food source for mold. So you may solve uh, one problem, but not the others, another. right? Whereas Q-Tech, for example, is a synthetic oil. It's not a food source for mold or anything. Right. Or humans even. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes to lick Q-Tech. <laughs> Start cooking with Q-Tech. <laughs> that sounds like a great <laughs> podcast or like a great YouTube series. Right. Cooking with Q-Tech. It's like, will it blend? Yeah. Can, you, can it cook? Can it cook in Q-Tech? I mean, yes, it can. <laughs> Should you eat it? Deep frying things in Q-Tech oil. Oh, that'd be good. There's other guys out there, uh, like our friend John Witt, that actually has an entire business on treating in the ent- like all of the lumber in Q-Tech. Like he will pass the framing member through a little machine that coats the whole thing in Q-Tech. Whoa! And pre-treats everything. So that's like stepping up your layer of protection right there. Now yeah, the whole uh, board I repels mean, water. And Q-Tech is pretty penetrating. Yeah. Because... The pressure treated lumber does not repel water. The treatment does not repel water. The treatment is water, like 99% water. Really? And chemicals. And so it doesn't stop water from absorbing into the board. It just helps to stop, like, de- like a little bit stop decay. Decay results as, like, mm. you know, little microbes or little, little, uh, so it molds. doesn't stop water from getting in your board? No, a, a pressure treated board can still get wet. Huh. Like if it rains on a pressure treated deck, it'll still soak in. Right. 
It's like the different. It's like water resistant, not waterproof. It's effects of water resistant. Oh, it's not even water resistant. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not water resistant. It just doesn't. It's treated to help it not rot as fast. But Q-Tech would be water resistant. Yeah, because it's repelling the water off of it. I gotcha. That's the so little beads. By of water. doing like by coating the framing, and this is an extreme step, I think. But John's made himself a good business doing this. It's smart. I'm just not sure what it would cost to do. Um, the the keeping the water from even absorbing into it in the first place solves all the problems. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If the water doesn't get in there, then we're good. Doesn't have to worry about what the effects of it are if it doesn't get in, in the first place. So you can do that. You can coat your whole framing if you want to. It's an option. But at least use the end cup treatment. Some manufacturers of pressure treated lumber do actually give a warranty. I think it's probably laughable. I've never heard of anybody doing a successful warranty claim on treated I'm gonna, lumber. I'm going to do a warranty claim on all my treated lumber. But part of that warranty is like you have to treat your end cuts right. too. You don't get to not do that step. That's a, right. a warranty violation. So good luck. Um, now, the other thing we talked about before or alluded to before was the flat blocking. And yes saying like, it's okay if you do something else. What that is would be to start taping your joists, tape your lumber. I think this is one of the most effective things. Could you, could you substitute taping your lumber like where it contacts the ground? Like, could you do that? Yes. Like you're saying Bad. if something's po- like buried in the ground or yeah, touching yeah, yeah. the ground. Yeah. So you could, like um, instead of using ground contact framing, could you just tape all of the spots that you contact could. the ground? You could, like if you're burying posts, which is not common in a deck build, some guys still bury their posts. And then... What about a fence? Behind that guy is 16 people telling him you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, on a, on a fence, sure. I've done uh, like some poolside trellis things where we buried the posts, like six by six posts, because it needed the, the stability of... It was like It's basically like a short little fence that doesn't have any change of direction, so there's no mm. lateral like strength to it. So we buried the posts, of course. But I did, I taped the whole bottom of the posts in G-tape. And then we actually backfilled that with post foam, which also seals. Oh, so like okay. Double protection. Whoa. Um, so yeah, you could tape that up too. The trick is to make sure that the water can't get inside the tape at any point because as if it, it does, does, then it's just holding it inside too. Right. But, um, but yes, I think, I don't know if there's science proving this, but I think the f- if you're creating a barrier between the, the wet ground and the wood with tape or something, then that's going to help make it last longer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but joist tapes are a great idea. Now, they're, they're a little bit controversial, but the, per, the people who are against it are getting fewer and fewer. And, but there's some people that are out there like, it's still a waste of money. It's blah, 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 blah. And those people just don't know. They just don't get it. Yeah. They're usually older guys that have been building decks for 40 years, and they, right. they've, they've seen decks that are just fine, and this is a, it's a gimmick, and blah, 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 blah. And so, whatever. To each your own. Don't tape your decks then. I don't care. Like... But I tape mine because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? For 50 cents a square foot of materials. You might as well. Or less. You can almost assuredly increase the lifespan of your framing. Uh, but if I do yes. that, I can't sell more decks. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> sure. I can't build more decks if I make sure they all last. But the idea of the joist tape is to prevent water from ever getting there. We just talked about this with the Q-Tech. If the water doesn't get in, it can't cause any problems. Mm-hmm. And so the joist tapes, uh, you know, the primary primary function is taping off the tops of the joists to the tops of the beams to stop water from getting in between the multiply beams or getting trapped between the decking and the, and the joist members. Because what, that's one of those common places for things to rot over time is water gets in between the deck and the joist and gets trapped there. It doesn't dry out super fast. And that's where it starts to rot. That's where your fasteners are going in. So there's a, there's a, a way for the holes, right? A yeah. hold down into the untreated core. And so water can get in there, and that's kind of like a, a popular place for rot to begin. So joist tapes stop anything from getting there in the first place, and they also self-seal around the fastener that's going through the tape, so they also don't allow the water to travel down the fastener into the core of the wood to begin with. You don't have to do this stuff if you don't want to. It's not required. There's no way saying you have to do it. It's not in a code book. Mm-hmm. But it's just a product that's out there that's been around for a long time that uh, is a really good practice, in my opinion. When people come into our store and they've done a deck or they're re-skinning a deck, as we call it, or redecking it, and they're using their existing framing, I basically tell them, like, this is, you should do this. You should G-tape. If you're building a new deck, I give them the option and be like, I think it's a good idea. Do you have to do mm-hmm. it? No. Most people don't, like, to be completely upfront, but I think it's cheap insurance and a good thing to do. I did my own deck. Right. 
But if they're redecking something, I tell them like, I would do this because not only will it protect the framing itself, but it's also like the, not only is it a good idea on, on any deck, but in a specific scenario where you're reskinning, you're now pulling all these little nails and screws out of the lumber and creating that hole mm, with not even a there. fastener in it to yep. fill up the hole anymore. So the only thing that goes there is water. Mm-hmm. And that's creating this little pocket that's going to rot that board from the inside out. So I think the best thing to do is tape those joists that covers all those little holes. Now they're gone. They can't get water anymore. And when you put your new fasteners in, it self-seals those ones too. Mm-hmm. So to me, that makes a ton of sense in those applications. G-taping your new deck almost feels though like, you know, you go over to like your grandma's house and she's got like plastic all over her furniture, her brand <laughs> yeah. new furniture. Yep. Because it's going to last. It's that. Under the plastic. That's right. <laughs> that's a great analogy. <laughs> but that's that's how things work. And with the, with the G-tapes now... I, I'm also always torn with wood decks because in my opinion, when you're doing like a pressure treater or cedar deck, do you put tape on? I'm, I'm torn on that one because, because they need to breathe. Well, because the lumber on top is going to take some moisture as well. Uh, and mm. I think that by, by putting tape on in theory, maybe you're causing the decking on top to deteriorate faster. I'm just going to G tape all of my decking. Right. <laughs> but when you're doing a composite deck and it's plastic going on top, two right. things happen. One, the pla- the plastic's not hurt by the extra water that's going to take because the joists are taking nothing. Right. It's plastic. What about uncapped composite? Well, composites, you can make an argument, but I've never heard of that actually being an issue with a little bit of water that's like getting trapped in the bottom side of boards for the, for the composite. Okay. I could be wrong, but I've never heard of it being an issue. But that also, like, I knew a guy one time, he used to work for G-Tape, so perfect guy. Like, this is why he had this analogy. But he's basically said, like, putting uh, composite decking on top is, like, basically putting a Tupperware lid on top of something. It's just, tra- it's just like, holding all the moisture yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, or against the wood and not, not helping to disperse it right. at all. Like, anybody knows that. You put hot soup in a Tupperware container and you close right? it up and there's, like... It's going to sweat. Sweat. So, when it comes to wood decks, I I don't know. I'm torn. But I would on a wood deck, I would still absolutely do my beams and I would still absolutely do anywhere where I had multiple plies of lumber together and I would still absolutely do the flat blocking. I almost feel like I would Q-Tech the whole thing now. Now that you talked about it, I'd be like, man, I think I might just Q-Tech my joists. And that would be a good idea. And if you were putting on wood decking and you had four side treatment, the the whole thing in Q-Tech or something, then great. It's also like, especially in that bottom layer, it's never going to see sun. So the Q-Tech or the oil or whatever you're using is going to last there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Sure. Tape your joists or Q-Tech the joists create that barrier there too because the wood's also going to be fine if you got a barrier on it too and so. i mean a gallon of q-tech goes a long way right oh god that, like, in <laughs> so, so like, many ways that was such a good like <laughs> a pun right there um yeah that's all you have to say about that what about drainage systems drainage system i put on there because if you're going to put on let's say trex rain escape and this is so this needs to we need to clarify this draining drainage systems that go on top of the joist and keep water from ever seeing the joist are obviously doing a great service for the wood underneath because the wood's never getting wet. So therefore... Grandma's plastic couch. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to put joist tape on. You don't even need to do the end cut treatment probably. Right. You still should because they want you to. But but if the water's not ever getting there, then it's not hurting anything. However, there's some drainage systems that that attach to the bottom of the joist, which means the water goes in, soaks the wood first, then gets into the trough (laughs) and drains. But then there's also no airflow. So you're like, you've, you've made the wood wet and prevented any airflow from it right. drying out other than like, yeah. So like those are a little bit tricky, but if you're putting a drainage system on top, like a Trex rain escape, then, um, then you're, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. You're creating dry space underneath and you're stopping your lumber from and gen- taking any generally, if someone was to do that, they'd probably already put G tape on there. <laughs> the type of person who's going to get a drainage system. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, just, you don't need both. That's for sure. You don't need both right? though. But cause they're like... The drainage system is a whole bunch of tape that goes on top of the joist too. Oh, is and it? troughs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now the last option we're going to talk about here is to not use wood at all. It's obvious. I how think. How do you how do you make your framing last longer? Well, don't use something that can rot away. You build a patio. Yeah. From the rusty shovel. <laughs> <laughs> so use steel. Use steel. This is a legit option now that's picking up a lot of steam. There's a few systems out there. Obviously, the one that's capturing the attention of everybody is the Fortress uh, Evolution Steel Framing System mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it looks great. It's a it's a very um, 
easy system to install. It's a system, I think, is the biggest thing. It's a system. There's parts for everything. Everything works together. Everything works together. Other and Everybody can do it. Yeah. Others, other so-called systems that are out there might have, like, parts for 80% of a deck, but they don't have a stair solution or they don't have right. a whatever solution. It's like, okay, well, then it's not really a system. Not a complete system. These guys got a system. Fortress has a great system, and it's all powder-coated black, so it looks good. So galvanized steel, powder-coated black. Um, so it's not going anywhere. You should get them to do Ferrari red. Right. Or like purple. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do new colors. <laughs> but, um, oh, look, Deck Protect Inc. that just showed up. What's and up? So that's the guy that's doing all the treating. We just talked about him. Treating or Q-teching all his lumber. Um, so use steel. They're going to give you a warranty, 25 years on yeah. that. So now you're guaranteed that it's going to last as long as the stuff on top. And... In real terms, you they just have to put it. They have to put an end date to their warranty. But galvanized powder coated steel is going to last a long freaking time. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's going to cause that to not last is if for some reason you had a whole bunch of penetrations or lost all the coating off it, lost the powder yeah. coating and the galvanization, and a bunch of water got into it and it started to rust. And then you didn't take care of it, and then sixty five years later, a whole rust through the side. <laughs> like right, it's it's exactly. unlikely to happen. And it's, and if you're worried about it. Which you shouldn't be, but if you're worried about it, there's also aluminum options too that you could do, which don't like, don't aluminum doesn't rust, don't rust at all. Do you? More so expensive. I just had this thought. Uh, do you think steel framing is a good option? In uh, I don't know why it's doing that. In um, like coastal places, because like like I know <laughs> like cars get real rusty. Yep. So. In coastal regions, and I'm not in a coastal region, so I'm not. I don't. I'm not the expert in all of this. But I know in coastal regions, they require some places require stainless steel fasteners, stainless steel connectors, oh, okay. etc., so that they don't rust from the sea salt spray. Uh, I don't know what the answer is to the uh, steel framing out there. I believe that they're firing it because it is galvanized and powder coated. Mm, it's not mm-hmm. bare steel. I wouldn't want to do just raw steel, right? Uh, it would for rust. that reason. And I do believe that they're okay with. Um, like Z-Max, like galvanized with a thickness. I don't know what the thickness is that they require, but a certain thickness of galvanization on on your steel products is fine too. But you do have to be a little bit more careful out there for sure. Mm-hmm. So, but I think the Fortress Evolution steel framing is uh, is okay to use in those areas as well because of the galvanization and because of the power coating and it's very sealed up protected system. So, right. much ado about nothing. Much ado about nothing. But you're right. Salt and... And salt and water and steel create rust. Rust. Rusty. Shovel. Tin can. Tin roof. Yeah. So there's some tips on how you can make your uh, framing last longer. Preserve your wood. What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, I'm just going to Q-Tech everything. That's what I, I, that's my takeaway, actually. My takeaway is that I would never have thought of using Q-Tech as a, as like a end cut treatment or like like a good way to maybe preserve your framing. Yeah. It's not something that I would think to do either. Like if, if John Witt had, didn't make a business out of coding all your framing members in QTech, I wouldn't have thought of that. Like it, if I that. was going to build a deck out at a lake, I might consider doing that. Yeah. Even if you're putting composite on top. Right. Yeah. I'm a big fan of taping. When I was still building, I was taping everything at mm. that point. Like I've been using tape for, before it was cool. Before, way before it was cool. But no, even when I started doing decks, I, I don't know, I came across like, I don't know, tar paper rolls that were cut down that were like four inches wide or something. And I was like, oh, that'd be a good thing to put on top of my beams. And so I don't even know what the application was for the four inch tar paper roll back then, but I found it and thought that would be a good idea. And you did it? Yeah. And I used to use the tar paper rolls and just, and just tack hammer them onto the beam. So and I the, started doing that. And those roofing guys are like, what the hell is this decking <laughs> yeah, guy doing? Idiot. <laughs> And then I've used like a little bit of blue skin here and there, but it's bright blue and it's shitty to work with and everything else. So once I, f- and then I used resistor joist guard for a lot of years, but once I found G tape, once I first tried G tape, I was like, Oh yeah, that's, this is over. It was way better. <laughs> I, I won't bother with the rest of this stuff anymore. Yep. So G tape's an cr- uh, awesome product. Um, would you use Q tech nowadays? Would you, would you think about it after seeing, uh, I don't know that I would go through the, the, I don't know that I would do my framing Q-Tech. No, I would tape the top. That would be my preferred way to go. Oh, okay. It's like, why, but like, could you just, could you treat it like tape and just Q-Tech the top? Yeah, you could. 
I'm not, I don't know if it does this anything, I, but I don't know. Like, in, yeah, I, I feel like it can wear away more than the tape can, I guess. Maybe I, I don't know. I'm sure both work just fine for increasing life of the framing and repelling water. I'm sure they're both great. Mm-hmm. I just, you don't Q-Tech the bottom of your decking. So, well, if I was installing wood decking, I would, I would oil the all four all sides four before sides. install. Yeah. Oh, okay. That I used to do for sure. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. But I didn't do the joists. I would oil the joist. I've never, never oiled oil the, the joist, joist in my life. You've never oiled the joist? Never oiled the joist. But big long joist. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not once. So anyways, lots of different tips and tricks to ensure that your framing lasts a little bit longer. The yeah. the goal is to make sure that things don't rot. And the goal, like the cause of rot is water. And if you can keep water from getting places into your wood, then you're good to go. Yeah. Or use a product that doesn't matter if it gets wet, like steel. Like steel. Like uh, galvanized steel, I should say. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, anything else, Brace, for these wonderful people on this beautiful, muggy, hot Thursday? Come back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe we should give people a heads up on this. So if you're watching on the Instagram right now... Um, I don't know how. I, I don't know what's happening. We're doing, another, we're doing another episode tomorrow. Uh, we don't usually do two in a week, but we, we, we used up our buffer day, and so we're back. We're back. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow is an actual useless episode. It's a fully tune in to watch someone barf. That's a very real. <laughs> it's a very real possibility. There may be. I want to set that expectation. If it doesn't happen, I'm happy. We've got some contractors coming in who have purchased some surstroming. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Some stinky fish, and we're gonna do a podcast about it, and we're gonna eat it. And Shane's going to have flashbacks of bad Vienna sausages we're gonna and try. cocktail weenies. We're going to try to eat it. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. But tune in tomorrow. It'll be live on Instagram. And uh, get ready. If not, we'll see you next week. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.